everybody. This is Issa Cosette, the producer and host of Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that uplifts amazing people on their journeys around the world. And this week we have a very special guest, the Shanae Newsom-James, a poet, actress, and theater maker based in London. Her work explores Black British identity and mental health. She graduated from the Brit School in 2018 after performing at the RSC, Brighton Fringe Festival, and the Southwark Playhouse, and is now a member of the Roundhouse Poetry Collective 1920. She's also an Obsidian Foundation alumni with me. She will be starring as Olivia in Losing Joy, which will premiere at the British Film Institute Flair Festival. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shanae. Can you please tell the people a little bit more about yourself? Oh, thank you for having me. It's like such a joy to speak to you. Honestly, I've been so excited about it. So yeah, my name's Shanae. I'm an actress. I'm a writer. I'm based in London. I have kind of been acting and writing since I was a child. And so I feel like a lot of the work I do kind of reflect on, on, on childhood and exploring that. And yeah, I'm just kind of into sort of making weird stuff, making challenging stuff. That's what I do. Like, it's so funny when you are asked to like describe yourself, you're like, well, what do I do? How do I put this in words, right? You're just like, um, I'm just great. You know, there's just something different about me, something unique that the people are just attracted to. So we may call it weird or challenges, but it's your essence. And we're just like, I am inspired by your light because even as I've been able to just watch you over the socials and what you're doing with your film and your art and your poetry, it just like, it inspires me. I'm like, there's just so much life and so much passion that you have. And so once again, I'm just happy that you're here. And I just wanted to learn more about just like how your creative disciplines as an actress and a writer, like influence each other. Like you're talking about the challenges, you know, the queerness, the weirdness um, that, you know, makes you, but how do these disciplines like kind of you know influence each other so that you can keep creating and sharing art I kind of feel like in everything I write there's always like this element of monologue or like speech that I'm kind of sharing and I think acting is like my primary practice so like it's really easy for me to understand the kind of I in the poem and the speaker and kind of removing the writer from the speaker and I, I really like that layer for me I kind of feel because of what we associate poetry with we kind of assume that it's always something personal and that like everything is like a profession of truth but I think I really enjoy honoring that distance and you can kind of set yourself as far back or as close as you want to be and that's just always really fun for me I, I feel like I like how the the idea of truth for like actors and poets feels largely similar but like not quite the same and that's just really that's always so interesting for me because with poetry you can kind of do this stretching thing where you mold something in the narrative of your poem that actually happened into a metaphor or like a motif but in a script for like a screenplay or a play that's kind of seen as like being an unreliable narrator which is like another device completely so it doesn't translate the same the storytelling is kind of different and I just I just love that I feel like the truth is like the foundation of good acting but truth isn't important in poetry and that's 
it, it's like it's there it's relevant but it's just so different and that's just so cool to me I mean I feel like I'm encouraged to be influenced by both and to really care about voice and also incorporate like a sense of play as well because like the best actors are good at playing that's like their thing and, and so there's so much space in that in poetry there's so much space to play and when I realized that I just like I fell in love with poetry because like oh god this is like more opportunity for that I love that and I love how you said just like the having the truth as foundation in poetry, but also just like how you have that access to be able to play with your role as an actress. And then thinking about like maybe the people who influence you to be able to develop your craft, thinking about um, as you say, just removing yourself, you know, and I'm thinking also about the perspective that you have to be if you are writing as a poet or if you are taking on a script to say, how am I going to embody this person? How am I going to tell this person's story? And in a way, I've actually been thinking about this in my poetry as I read other people's poems of how they witness other things and other experiences versus like, OK, this poem, I have to be centered. I have to talk about myself versus like, what is you know, how are we perceiving the world and how does the world perceive us? And then how do we write about that or how do we act about that? So mm -hmm. I can see how that dialogue shapes you. And I think about, you know, just what you're able to do and also the fact that you have um, surrendered Dorothy that will be coming out in, in August. And so what, you know, motifs or metaphors or ways of witnessing inspires that pamphlet and how has this changed you as a writer? So in your sit. I was in a production of like The Wizard of Oz and I played the role of Dorothy, but I had to share the role with my white best friend at the time. It was like my first like acting thing. And it was like, it was pretty much the first time I really had reflected on race in that way. But it was also like more of like a realization about like acting and like realism and how it like, it didn't feel plausible to have me play Dorothy, not just because I don't look, like Dorothy or look white but actually because I was realizing witnessing that there are all of these like attributes of whiteness that black characters don't get to explore and like because they're not perceived in that way so like black characters in shows aren't necessarily perceived as like innocent straight away or, or welcome in places or worthy. And it was like, as a, as a child, I obviously didn't have the words for it, but like that was, that was all there. Like I was, I, I really was like coming to understand that I'm playing something that doesn't make sense. And it's not just about my appearance. And it was like racism, understanding that racism was, more than skin color like through acting that was what that was yeah when in that realization of having to embody dorothy or just embody and um, these attributes that have been placed on us you know and i can also imagine what it's like growing up you know in the uk growing up and having these experiences and just like you know being able to like really reconcile with your race because i think certain experiences kind of like wake us up like wait how do i show up as my full self or how am I limited as my full self because of, mm -hmm. you know, perceptions of others. So when you come to write, when you like, came to write the pamphlet and you're thinking about the poems that are speaking through that, you know, were you dealing with those experiences or, or like based off of that play? Or was it just like your just whole lifetime? Like how was that reflection? It's, it's so funny because I feel like it was always so glaringly obvious that I would become a writer. 
like I, I when I look back at me as a child I loved reading I used to write short stories all the time I used to write down lines from like ly- like lyrics of songs and stuff like that like I was so interested in this thing but it never appealed to it appealed to me but just never like as a profession like I didn't see I didn't ever see myself being able to do it and and writing the pamphlet like it kind of made me aware of why why I never saw myself being a writer why I never felt like I could do it and it was I guess I figured out through writing the pamphlet that I had internalized this idea that like as a black girl I couldn't do academic things I saw writing as like an academic thing and so because I because of that I was like okay I have to choose other things and to me I don't know I I I thought I had to be smart in order to be a writer. And that was that was another thing. I perceived myself to not be smart or to not be academic, despite the fact that my grades never like reflected that. My my grades, especially in English, were always amazing. And it's so crazy that the the evidence that was there just didn't support like I was I didn't feel supported by that because the blackness was like the barrier regardless of what my grades were saying. I totally can identify and relate to just like that experience and that coming to knowing and how to show up on the page, especially when a lot of the people that we are introduced to in the school and writing aren't and they don't look like us and they don't speak like us. And so you're trying to figure out, well, how do I show up? And as, and especially in, in my journey as an academic, right? And I like quote the quote unquote academic because sometimes I feel like I don't belong and sometimes I'm trying to figure out like, who am I talking to? Because I could care less about the elite and those who have already written. I'm trying to talk to my my community or, you know, through some way, in a way, like academia has helped me come back to my roots because for many times, and I would say many, I would say grad school, um, because when you think about undergrad, sometimes you don't, well, at least in my um, case, I didn't have that much time to explore. And so I, I appreciate the fact that this pamphlet allowed you to realize that you are intelligent. You you have a voice and you have powerful experiences that many Black British people can relate to, right? And so we shouldn't have to compare ourselves to what it, like what we have access to, but realize that our daily experiences, our ancestors, our elders have gone through things to allow us to be able to speak. And when we come into this, no, when we realize our differences, you know, how do we speak on that? How do we, how are we transformed by that? So I'm grateful that you have been able to use poetry and art to express yourself. But yeah, just thinking about how your experiences have allowed you to realize like you exist, your voice matters, your experiences matters. And though that we at one point didn't feel like we were trained enough or ready enough, right? You've had this opportunity that your face, your voice, your writing is going to be preserved and it will help other people find their way. So I'm so grateful for the way that it shaped you. I'm so grateful for the way that your art and as your experiences as an actress allows you to share these experiences and these voices. And I know you have a poem to share with us today. I'm excited to hear it. So I'm going to share Black Dorothy. Um, which is also my Instagram handle. It's so funny how this stuff like came about. Like I actually made the Instagram handle before the pamphlet, before anything, because I had tried to make, I tried to write a poem, this poem. I tried to write this poem years ago and I couldn't do it. I just, I hadn't, I wasn't doing a lot of poetry at the time. I didn't really know how to start and I didn't know how to say what I wanted to say. So this 
oh god everything about this like me reading it to you now the pamphlet itself it's just like evolution it's crazy like it's it's so exciting but yeah this poem is called black dorothy in our year six production she was dorothy and i was black the set was built by linen trouser mums who doused their couscous with hot sauce when i came round for tea i imagined choking on their sunburnt breasts I only did the first half of the show, yearning somewhere. Even noticed how vague this was. She was saying, spin the globe. I was born into this world, welcome and unrepentant. Dorothy, who never didn't have cheese strings in her packed lunch, did not know her lines. She got the yellow brick road part though, after all my wishing. I only got the murder of the evil witch to prepare me for the bullet body encasing. In the girl's toilet, I stood in the mirror, considering the lie I was telling. Backstage, she waved at her mum in the audience. You look pretty, I say. You look like your mum knows she put you here on purpose, like the roof is not enough. She said something short like thanks, or everything is me and I am everything. At the end, she giggled in her celebrity and made her mum cry. When I found mine in the car park, she said it was good, Sinead, but I've seen better. Wow, that's powerful. Like Black Dorothy, Sinead, look at you. I am moved and just like, <laughs> wow. Hold on, hold on. Oh my God. Wow, what a way to end that. Our moms, ooh. That's a whole nother thing. Right, that's a whole nother podcast episode. (laughs) To see just the evolution of you yourself, but also that that perspective of like how our mothers, like not even thinking about the others, but like people who are close to us and thinking about the love we were talking about and thinking about how we have these different, like these binaries that hold us together and like, wow, like, woo, I, (laughs) like, I wasn't ready. Like, like once again, that whole, the mother thing will take us to a whole nother topic. <laughs> like, like, I'll whoa. see you next time about that one. <laughs> Same. Wow. Thank you so much for that reflection. Thank you so much for just sharing just a little bit of your story as you come into finding your way, as you come into sharing your story, as you come into the light of embracing um, your art and how that you can write your story, how you can act your story, how you can inspire other people to show up on the stage or the page, you know? So I'm grateful for you, Shanae. Um, Can you tell the people, how are you on your way? I feel like I'm on my way. through really investing in my understanding of my own happiness. Because I think people say like, I want to be happy all of the time. And that kind of, that kind of involves like having like a bunch of like external things, but a lot of my wants for happiness have been around achieving like internal goals for myself, like stuff that I want to be. And I think there is a, there's a big difference between saying like, I want to be happy and I want to make myself happy. And I kind of feel like that specificity is so important. I feel like 
I really know how to make myself happy. And there is so much happiness from knowing that I can make myself happy, mostly because it's about the acknowledgement that I can, that I have the power to, and that it's mine and it's up to me. And that is such a, like, a brilliant, amazing discovery because it puts me at the front and center every time. And I just get to choose myself and choose myself and choose myself and choose myself again and choose myself when it's hard and choose myself when it's easy. And like, I, I say stuff nowadays, like I love my life and I mean it. I, I actually mean it when I say it. And it's crazy. Cause that, that wasn't there for me. I didn't have, I couldn't access that at that time. And thank God I can now, but yeah, that acknowledgement. I just love you. I got chills right now just thinking about that. Just being able to be present in your body, being, like you said, to understand not only just your happiness, mm. but what pours into you, what do you need? Because like just thinking about just life and many ways of how we never really got to show up as ourselves or learn to love ourselves. And so as adults now that to reclaim our power, to reclaim our voice, to reclaim our happiness, to reclaim our love, like all of that is a part of that. And this is only going to make you better. And I'm just so happy that you're able to not, not just be vulnerable, but just have space to grow and evolve and love yourself, right? And the more that you love yourself and realize that all that breath in your body, all that love's in your heart can be abundant as said. And so I'm just like grateful to be on this journey with you. And, and just thinking about just not the evolution of just like the happiness, but the fact of like the name of your pamphlet, surrender, right? Of how much we have to surrender and unlearn so much things that have stopped us from really showing up to yourself. So I'm grateful for you. I'm so proud of you. I'm like honored that you are making space for your happiness and love and your art. And I hope that God continues to bless you to shine your light amongst others. Can you tell the people where can they connect with you? Where can they um, buy your book in August with Bad Betty Press? Mm-hmm. all about that yes so um all of my social media handles are, are at blk dorothy so blk d-o-r-o-t-h-y yes you can buy my pamphlet surrender dorothy in august that's when it's coming out august of this year really exciting we're probably going to have like a launch like event i think it might be online and it might also be in person as well so some people that are around can come see either way either way i can't wait till your pamphlet comes out because i definitely will be buying it i definitely will be continuing to support you if i am in the city i will come see you like without a doubt Um, yes please that's such an honor. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your story. And I know there's so much more that we can tap into, but just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been such an honor. This has been so fun. I feel like very like giddy and happy and like a child. This has just yes. been like gorgeous. I love reflecting on all of this. Me too. To all of our wonderful listeners, wherever you are, remember to surrender to yourself. Remember to love abundantly and realize that your art matters your voice matters your experience matters and continue to move forward unafraid until next time this is Issa Cosette y'all be blessed Mm -hmm.